All right. Welcome to Double Barrel Non-Duality number, I don't know, 11, 12, something like that. been doing it for a while now. Every month we host a different guest that um, will kind of help or bounce questions back and forth between us when people ask questions about non-duality, awakening, whatever's going on with you. And uh, this month we have Vivi. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you. It's uh, good to be here. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So we will get started because we always have a lot of questions. Um, we usually have just about enough time. So everyone, please keep yourself muted unless you're asking questions um, because it helps the recording look right. Uh, so when um, you put your hand up, which you do by going down to reactions at the bottom of the screen, and you click on the little hand, yep, your hand will go up. And then I'll call on you. Once I call on you, feel free to unmute yourself. And then you can ask whatever question you have, or you can check out your experience with us if that's what you want to do, um, whatever. So let's get rolling. We're going to start with Maggie. Hi, thank you. Um, something that's come up recently is, and it's come up before, and I just kind of like, I don't know, I just let it go. Um, <clears throat> but uh it it just um there almost everything in my life uh, unless it's a diversion um is uh, it seems like it's just all of it is serving the sense of the a separate self you know the made up one and its needs and its desires and, and the uh, the uh, especially the desire for attention and approval um and um and so it it just feels like a a conundrum that it's like well what does that mean you know so what do i do then <laughs> do i do those things or do i do them from the standpoint of like oh okay i kind of know where this is coming because they're not necessarily terrible things like taking care of my health, you know, and working, you know, I'm getting older, increase my strength, all that kind of stuff. But there's a sense of it's like, yeah, it's, I want to be respectful of this, this uh, uh, thing that exists here, right, this body that is here. Um, but I, but there's, but I also see that there's a sense of like, well, look at me, you know, look at what I did, or, um, and there's also a, a sense of my wanting to play a part in that, in the world, like the, in a certain way, this dream, that's kind of needed, you know, um, it, it could be, it could help. So there's that sense of that. Um, anyway, so I'm sure it's not a new question, but you just. <laughs> well, every, every question is a new question to me. So I always start from zero. Uh, okay. You know, um, okay. So the thing I'm inclined to say, and then I'll let um, Vivi give give her impression, but what I'm inclined to say is, you know, most of what you described are kind of like the the reflections of experience, uh, the reflections on experience. So what that means is when when you're eating, if you sit down to eat, what's actually really happening there? Like that's what that's what I would encourage you to to really dive into, feel into, melt into, die into. The sounds, the sensations, the sensation of the food on your tongue, the flavors. Where are those flavors? Do they exist in time or space? Do they exist here? Do they exist everywhere? 
do they have any story, any narrative? Do they reference anything like a self or an other or a world or a no world? Or is it just flavor? Just the, just what you taste. Yeah. So the, 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 let's say the act of eating is completely pure act. There is nothing there that suggests a separate self or, or, or even an activity actually. It's just the the sense fields that are that are just vibrantly alive right then. That's it, non-dualistically, meaning not over there with someone over here. It's full-on immersion. That's what's actually happening. And then consciousness tries to sort of reflect that. There's one way of speaking. And it, the first thing it might say is, oh, you're eating, so, so you must be self-centered or something like that, right? And then another thought says, well, but I have to eat because I have to stay alive and then I may do good things for the world. That back and forth, that volleying of thought, that's just the nature of thought. It's just reflect, it's just something trying to reflect something that can't be reflected. It's thought trying to reflect that which there's no way to reflect. You can't actually reflect on non-dual, non-dual experience. So so the reflections are always going to be distorted. And the distortion will feel like doubt, right? Self-doubt or doubt about the process or um, or distraction, like, oh, I need to think about this some more. And then then often there's a polarity to that. There's a, a bounce into another view, right? Like there's then there's a response to those thoughts. But this is all up here, right? In a sense, it's not actually the taste of that food. It has nothing to do with it. So what I point to is just very simple, very direct, and always right here. And the more you trust that, the more you let that overtake your, your experience moment to moment, the more you'll realize like there is actually no storyline that makes any sense anymore. There's no storyline about being a good person or bad person that actually makes sense. There's no storyline about being more or less awake that actually makes sense. The only thing that makes sense is more immersion. The only thing that makes sense is surrender, which is already here. It's already happening all the time. Um, so, so the more, so the more you trust present experience, meaning nothing conceptual, nothing spiritual even, um, the more that this natural unbinding process we talk about will just unfold. And the more that unfolds, the less interesting all of those thoughts will be about, am I a good person, a bad person? Am I getting better? Am I getting more compassionate? Am I doing good for the world or not? That will just dissipate and you'll realize none of that was ever driving the ship anyway. None of that was ever making you do anything. It just It was just background noise. And that background noise goes away and you find out, wow, Everything just happens on its own anyway, and it always has. That's that's my direct, simple answer. But before I get Vivi's answer, I want to. It's 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 more like the thing of I do a lot of planning along those lines mm-hmm. in a way that I, well, there was a time when I didn't, and then I would go through periods of time where I did, and it's and it felt like it paid off. You, you know, it was it felt useful but it also feels a little bit like it's involved like there's there's a um a sense of doing the right thing or the wrong thing and yet in a certain way i don't want to give that a i mean like i don't want to let it be free fall because i think that there are repercussions from that uh, does that you, you understand it's like cuz i all oh i get it like, yeah yeah and so the, when you say i don't want it to i don't want it to be free fall i don't want to fully let go yet that's okay that that's just honest. That's just honest. But at some point you, you may realize even that really is just a thought that's sort of being grasped onto the free fall. It turns out to be okay. And when, when the free fall is noticed ongoing, what you realize is what I said is like all of the, 
the the thinking and strategizing and agendas, all the stuff that seemed to be happening for so long and seemed to pay off sometimes and actually seemed to not pay off other times, seemed to sabotage you other times, keep you awake at night, all that. All of that was not actually what's causing this to be what it is because this mm. is uncaused. It's spontaneous here, just this. There's nothing. It's so simple, so simple. Um, so what I would say is, Trust your instincts. And if something says, I'm a little afraid to let go, or I don't want to let go, um, you know, you can kind of inquire a little bit. Is there an emotion there? Is there something that's a little bit fearful? Maybe, maybe not. Um, uh, and is it true that being in my mind, spending a lot of time thinking about past and future, planning, doing good good deeds, doing, you know, trying not to do bad deeds, is is there a possibility that that's not what it appears to be? That, that, that maybe... There are times when that actually, the, the repercussions of that are really uncomfortable, like overthinking when you can't stop the mind, when it keeps you awake, when it, you know, um, feels like anxiety, when there's a lot of doubt in, in it, you know, so a lot of people see that may or may not be this way to you, but a lot of people at some point see that all the sense of control and doership and planning that seems to come to fruition, it's kind of a selective way of remembering and thoughts will remember selectively which thoughts come to fruition and which don't. Because also there are many times when we think this is going to happen and it doesn't. And that feels like disappointment, feels like loss of control, feels like frustration. That's good shadow work, actually. Um, but to see the whole truth of, of thought and consciousness, that ultimately these reflections are um, by nature um, inaccurate. And this is not just Angelo speaking. This goes all the way back to the suttas. Buddha said it literally like consciousness by nature, the reflection of consciousness is distorting in nature. And it is, it can be, it can be a little <laughs> distorting. It can be a little distorting and it can be a lot distorting, like a lot distorting, like creating mass violence in the world by groups of people or even an individual leading groups of people. Like that's a massive, you know, distortion in consciousness, but there are minor distortions all the time. And you can see that, you know, you can see it in your own experience and find what's the what's the most peaceful presence when there's like no reflection essentially or not a lot of thought or not a lot of struggle with thought or buying into thought or when we feel like there's a lot of buy into thought you know just keep testing that and seeing which which is more true for you you know and only you can answer yeah. that question all right let's see let's see what else we got here i think Vivi may have something to say yeah, I can I can say a few things that came up for me. Uh, just to add something, something like, like yeah, I would, I would definitely agree that like that type of uh, like looking back into the experience all the time, like that's kind of what the self is. That is made out of those kind of thoughts that all the time wants to look back and understand and uh, like analyze the experience like that. And uh, everything that Angelo pointed, like just realizing that they are just thoughts and bringing the uh, attention back to the immediate sense experience, it's going to all the time diminish that activity of the looking back inwards, that thought activity, so that it can spontaneously just cease more and more and more and more. So, so, and I think that's what we all want because it's a very heavy experience to have that constantly going on, that that uh, self-reflection, self true, true thinking. And yeah, regarding, um, what was your name? Who, I, Maggie? Maggie, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, like you're looking about, at the whole screen. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost your face. Yeah, I want to just know who I'm talking to. So, so yeah, you thought, talked about this right and wrong and, and this kind of, at least what I heard that, um, like this fear that that if this self-reflective activity doesn't happen anymore, then there wouldn't be the similar kind of sense of right and wrong. And what would happen then? Like, how would you navigate through experience? Uh, or is it something like that? Is there like a concern? Well, okay. Uh, let me just, the uh, maybe if I make it particular, I used to compulsively overeat. And, um, and I, and I, it felt like I took control. I, I asserted some will and changed those practices. Um, but um, and so and now and now I'm older and I'm doing some things with how I eat. And and but um, but there's there are influences that are saying you don't need to plan it. You can just uh, trust. And I did not find that that was true with my body. That it often wanted things that later it felt like that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and right. so there's the sense of like, am I wrong to want to, I mean, I don't, I want to plan it because I, I, I haven't found that the organism, especially as I've gotten older, doesn't give me the kind of feedback that, that I felt like, feel like I can trust. Um, so that there's a sense it's like, well, you're not trusting enough and it's okay. You know what I'm saying? That that's one of the things that's, that's one of the areas that's there right now. So mm -hmm. okay. I, I don't know if that okay. helps or hinders to bring it up, but it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, it takes some practice to kind of differentiate the voice of the intuition and the voice of, uh, kind of like, uh, conditioned patterns that are operating in the system but i think it's a great practice to just uh, like attune attune with that and because there is a difference like the intuition the voice the instinct it's coming somewhere deeper and it always has this quality of that it's wordless and it's like a gentle pull you know towards what feels like the way to go and sometimes those deeper patterns that are still operating in the system they can feel like intuition because it also feels like it's coming from somewhere really deep and it's trying to pull us to certain direction but there's a uh, like different kind of like um kind of uh stickiness to the pull like we really feel compelled in a different type of way than with intuition it's more gentle it's it's more more soft so i would just like uh yeah play with like to recognizing those two different uh, responses in the body like how it feels like how how does the voice of intuition feel like and how does the voice of uh um yeah like a old pattern i don't know how else to call it does it make sense i don't know <laughs> i'll have to let it listen back and settle you know I'm not sure okay. how, how it applies. I just lost my earplugs. So sorry. Um, Maggie, I'll, I'll I'll second what she said. And I actually I, I think I slightly misread what you said, misheard what you said, honestly. And it's not your fault. Okay. I think it's mine. Yeah. When it comes to simple planning, simple planning of things, I'm not saying you should never plan something. That's planning is like like when you it's the same 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 as when you're eating say you're eating dinner breakfast like i described earlier planning is the mm -hmm. same thing fingers move on the keyboard you know click 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 one two three words are made the plan is made it's over it's done it's the reflection in the mind 
that that often stirs the pot and makes us feel you question ourselves, doubt ourselves, etc. The more present you get, I'm going to connect what I said with what um, Bibi said. So the more present you get, so to speak, um, the more in the moment without a lot of background reflection, a lot of thought, a lot of distraction, the more you are actually in the sense fields and in the body, the more you will understand this intuition. The intuition is beyond the conceptual mind. It's very subtle, but it's it's where it's it's where the conventional you aligns with no self, with 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 the the ineffable truth that I can't put into words that's all of this. And th there's an alignment there. There's just a place where you just know what to do. I know what to say. I know what what this word needs to come out of my mouth without pre-thinking it all the time. This is how I function. This is how I move. This is the body doing what it does. There's no pre-thinking. This is intuition. And this intuition will know sometimes to make a plan. That's it. It's that simple. Yeah. Is that simple? But if we get in our head about, well, should I have made a plan? Shouldn't I have? That's kind of what I was saying to you at the beginning, that that's the doubt. The doubt comes in and goes, well, you shouldn't have to make a plan. You know, but why? That's that's just thought. That's just echoes of the mind. If, if there's a plan to make, make the plan and that's it. Move on. Move into presence, deeper into presence. Watch what happens. It will just continue to unfold. It will just continue to unfold. And it, it goes deeper and deeper and deeper into itself. Um, Yeah. So your intuition is good. Okay, thank you. Your intuition is good. Yeah. And we have a complex enough nervous system to make plans and that's fine. Okay. It just doesn't I'll require, it requires less than 1% of the thought most people think it does. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll have to, like I said, I have to let that settle a little bit. Thanks awesome. so much. It's a really good question. A lot of people are asking those sorts of questions. Okay, let's move on to Arnaud. Hello. Angelo. Hi. Nice to nice to talk to you again. Nice to see you. Uh, I I have a question for you. Uh, I am kind of eating the same wall uh, repeatedly, and I I would like to check with you if the way I am trying to deal with it is the right one, or if you have something else to suggest. So basically, my daily experience is still uh, in varying level of everything is is me, but. Uh, varying level of uh, of in, 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 in intensity, it's rarely full on. So what what I've been doing for the past few weeks has been to uh, uh, either um, self self inquiry or uh, I think what you call a kind of more uh, deep laser focused who am I uh, approach on the. Issue or the wall I am I am eating is now. Each time I do this successfully, um, I start to have this feeling of losing my center, uh, dissolving. But one hundred percent of the time, each time this starts, I have a fear, an extremely strong fear reaction that comes on my. Body, I often kind of jerking um, movement, which brings me out of it. So, what I have been trying to do for the past few weeks 
has been trying to do what uh, they do with phobia, kind of a gradual exposure. So I am trying to not go too far, try to stay just before I have this jerking reaction. And this is basically what I am doing. So do you think it's the right thing to do or would you have another uh, suggestion for me? Vivi, you want to start or you want me to start? Uh, yeah, I can, I can start. Um, or not, if you say hi, she'll see your face instead of mine. Okay, yeah, Bad. hello. Hi, hi, good to see you. Yeah, thanks nice for the share. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can, I can feel that. Um, yeah, okay, for, it's really simple what comes up for me, like I would just relax into it and just focus on, on natural relaxation and not trying to make anything happen, just allowing, allowing it kind of unwind and uh, unravel as it, as it does by its, its own, like the energy knows how to how to unwind itself and uh, uh, so if, if any kind of spontaneous movement reaction comes to it just uh, relax relax into that and uh, yeah it's simple thank you yeah I, I agree I agree I mean what you're describing is you're kind of right there in a sense i i might say you're like at the edge of something or whatever but i don't there's no need to make a big story about it um the 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 fear responses are reasonably normal they they tend to come at this stage for people and it can be that very much like like a like a visceral jerking um it can just be like the body feeling a lot of fear suddenly um but it will totally unwind itself and you 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 really can just relax into it to the degree it's possible. Um, but knowing that it's not going to stay that intense forever because it won't is, is helpful. Um, in my own experience, I remember feeling a very intense fear when I felt something just dropping and then I like backed away from it or it seemed like I did. And then later on, I had an intuition that if that happened again, I wouldn't, I just knew like, no, that next time I'm just going to step off and, and it just happened. So that's my experience. It happens differently with everyone. Um, the other thing you can do if this continues to like feel like it's a fixation or whatever is when you, when you feel that starting, maybe before you even feel like the jerk starting, just notice the thoughts that are coming. You know, is there one thought that's really triggering that? Like one thought that says, Oh, I'm going to let go right now, or, Oh, here it comes. Or, and then if you notice the thought, just kind of ask yourself, all right, well, what if I just notice that thought and just let it, let it go and just stay right here with what's happening with whatever it is. And just notice any any thoughts that are just starting to because sometimes what happens is that it's almost like the thought sneaks up on you and it, it feels like it surprises you, you know, it grabs you and jolts you. But if you if you do what you're already doing, stay with that presence because you're obviously just already sort of dissolving into it and it's all already unraveling um as that's happening. Uh you you can also just keep some attention attuned to any arising thoughts, you know, just noticing the thought space as things arise. And if, if something starts to solidify experience, just notice, oh, that's a thought, you know, oh, oh, the fear is coming. That's a thought. The fear is here. Oh, that's another thought. And if the body starts to feel something, that's okay. Just notice the thoughts about it are very, very different than the actual sensations. The sensations are just what they are. And you, you, you have a capacity for those. Um, and yeah, that's it. You know, um, it will, this will unravel itself. It will, do what it needs to do. It's a very natural process and you're along for the ride.
um, your heart's in it and that's obvious and that's what really matters. Uh, actually, now that you are saying it, there is actually a thought which is the same thought, but it's <laughs> the thought that comes each time is, oh no, the next jerking movement is coming soon. I, I am actually now practically expecting them to come and the thought comes before it does, yeah, indeed. There, yep, there you go. Yeah. Uh, you can even start with that thought. When you sit and you start to feel this more relaxed, you can just say, okay, I'm going to bring the thought up already that says, okay, the next movement's coming. Just start with the thought. Just get used to the thought itself. Let it be there. You know, the next movement's coming. Here I am. I'm already ready for it because I'm the thoughts here. That's, you know, what we react to without realizing it is thought. We don't actually react to the external environment nearly as much as we think we do. We react, we react to thoughts about what the external environment is going to do, especially like when we're interacting with people and so forth. Um, we certainly can react to an external thing that happens, but much of the time we're actually reacting to thoughts. So, so start, start by just touching that thought, letting it be there, starting there and just going, that thought's okay. It can be here. And, and then re just relax into things, you know, see what happens. Thank you. Yeah. You're, you're doing fine. You're, you're doing great. So that's Yeah. Yeah, I would still add just a little thing. And I think uh, that uh, when the center just suddenly dissolves, the mind will react to it with, with all this thought activity. So just recognizing that that's what's happening and it's totally normal. It's the normal reaction of the mind to something that it doesn't understand. Uh, but then when that... Um, relax into that experience where there is no center it's, it's totally comfortable there's uh it's very stable actually uh but it can initially feel feel like a lot, very like destabilizing yeah yeah thanks a lot yeah that's a Thank really you. good point it's very true okay let's go to bob angelo hey bob um, my question's in the realm of where to put attention with regard to being judgy. Now, when I'm home, or actually, I guess at work too, it's like it's more focused back at me. It's like I, I should paint the wall where the water damage is, or I should, I should. And then as soon as I step outside into my neighborhood to walk the dog, it's like all of a sudden, it's like goes outwards it's like oh look they didn't do whatever with the leaves or the leaves are in the street the city should pick them it's just like non-stop boom 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 and that's like quiet for a bit and it's like oh yeah that and it's like well i shouldn't think this way i shouldn't i should i guess which gets back to the shouldn'ts that i shouldn't be doing or i should be doing where should <laughs> awareness be put or attention puts, I guess is a question to drill into that, if anywhere. That's a great question. I think it's it's um, it's actually a very, very common phenomenon that I think maybe a lot of people don't think to ask about. It's very common. And I like how you connected self-judgment with outward judgment. They're They're quite connected, you know? Um, when I'm inter interacting with somebody who's very judgmental in whatever way, I, I just feel compassion for them because I know they they have a lot of self-judgment too, you know, in there. 
especially if they're outwardly judgmental, not just in, not just in the mind, but like, that's like how they connect with people is in a very oppositional way. I really feel for people. And, and I also know that's just how they are conditioned, you know, maybe the way they were brought up. It may be, it can be a lot of different things, but something about the way we get conditioned and I've, I've been through it. Like I, I used to have a lot of that when I was much younger. Um, at some point it becomes just thoughts, you know, and, and you're not, you know, I would distinguish, I would distinguish between action. Like, do you act on judgment? Meaning, you know, are you saying judgmental things to people? Are you, you know, giving people dirty looks? Are you cutting people off in traffic? Whatever the things are that are like outwardly reactive, that's one level. Now, if, if you've dealt with that, that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> then you start to notice, oh my gosh, there's actually a lot just going on in here. A lot of like, you know, looking at someone and judging them, you know, or the thought is judging them. At that level, it's a little different because it's it's like, what you really have to see is like, that is not you. It's conditioned. It's a conditioned response. You're okay. not actually choosing those thoughts. You're not choosing them. Um, and also I think relating the, the inward judgment and the outward judgment like you're doing is actually really good. Because when you kind of see like, oh man, I'm a little harsh on myself in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that makes me a little harsh outwardly. Um, then you can kind of start having a little more self-compassion, I think. But at the same time, it's important to see that really those are still just thoughts, ultimately. That there's not, you know, because what we can do is beat ourselves up for being the judgmental one. And that's not helpful either. Um, it's really just a thought pattern, ultimately, one, at that level, you know. Um, and... The other thing you can ask yourself when there's a lot of it going on, for instance, mm -hmm. sometimes it's a distraction. So we use identity sometimes as a distraction. So the distraction could be from something you're feeling, but not noticing an, like an emotion, a very simple emotion. Sometimes you can ask yourself like, Hmm, what might I be feeling right now? Did something happen in the last five minutes, 10 minutes, half an hour, hour that made me feel something that I didn't want to feel. And I went into the, the, uh, uncomfortable, but familiar mode of judgment. And it may be like disappointment, frustration, impatience. These are really common ones. People feel these all the time. So look into those. Um, could be something else. Could be sadness, could be grief, could be anger, you know, and usually you'll find the story that it's connected to something that happened in the last little while. Um, so sometimes it is an emotion actually underneath it. And if you get into the habit of just asking yourself, what am I feeling? that can really start to break the spell of um, what I might just call um, compulsive judgmental thoughts. You know, it's hard to know how, how, how frequent they are with any given person. I mean, there's so many thoughts flying through these heads, but you know, if it's really distracting and there's a lot of judgment, it feels like there's some polarity there or something to address. Often there's an emotion somewhere underneath. And the more you start to get in touch with those emotions and catch them earlier, the less that the mind will just naturally go to that coping mechanism of judgmental thoughts. It could go to other kinds of thoughts, but those are the ones you're describing. For someone else, it may be daydream thoughts. It may be yearning thoughts, fantasy. It can be all kinds of things. So um, the the mind can use that as a mechanism of distraction. So th those are the suggestions I would make. Okay. Yeah. Vivi? Um, yeah, I think that was that was all great and it really depends on the situation and on the person like if it's just general judgmental thoughts yeah it's just uh recognizing that it's just a conditioned mind arising and subsiding and not giving it too much uh, yeah attention 
Okay. Uh, but if it's like a very specific judgment and situation, like a very clear fixation, then I would like investigate it more because then there's usually underneath like a lot of unresolved experience and emotion. Um, but um, but if it's just general, um, one thing that I think can be really uh, beneficial is just to contemplate how spontaneous everything is like in our own experience, because really getting a kind of direct taste of that, then it becomes more and more obvious that nothing could really happen in any other way that it's happening, like for us and for everyone else as well. So there is no other possible reality that could be happening like ever. So, and we are all the time doing our best <laughs> at this human level. So uh, really recognizing that that's just the nature of our experience, that um, there is not that type of uh, free will in it. it. It can also, I think, be, be useful. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Good question. All right. Let's go to Leah. Hey. Hello. Actually, you'll have to forgive me because my timing is terrible. And I have like, I wanted to just speak because I have a major phobia of public speaking, but Yay. in, four, four, I know, <laughs> in <laughs> four minutes, I have to hop on a Zoom for 10 minutes. So it just like didn't oh, work come out. On back. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'll, I'll look for your hand. Even if you're down the list, I'll get you back. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. See you in a bit. Uh, let's see, Joanna's iPad. Oh, sorry. <laughs> there you are. Hello. Oh, hello. I'm, I'm <laughs> speechless because the... Um... The other girl said that uh, she just wanted to maybe share the space. <laughs> mm. And I have no question. Uh, I think that that's uh, my way of <laughs> my heartbeat. <laughs> mm. I think that I just wanted to share the space as well. I don't have mm. the question too much. That's... It's always, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what to ask for. I don't know either. <laughs> but if you don't mind. This is my favorite language. So fly visiting. It's like a silly question. Where am I at? <laughs> mm. It's nice not to have any questions. 
probably there is many of them, but the only answer is just this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there is a self-judgment. I'm taking the time and someone else could ask the question. Yeah, you're taking less time than I'll give you I'll give you the amount of time anybody else gets. <laughs> you know, um I communicate with uh, um I'll I'll say it this way, people communicate with me primarily through how they move. I pick up so much from just the way people move more than their words. And maybe you can tell me. <laughs> oh, you look at peace to me. You look like you trust your intuition utterly, which is really good. Just here, it's like, oh, the body is crazy. It's the yeah. Hard, but the, yeah. The body. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the energetics of this are... Um, big, I would say, you know, compared to the thoughts seem so loud and there's so much content in, in mind, but I think a lot of that is actually there in one sense to distract from when you drop into the energetic body, into the energetics of this, it's a whole different order of experience. It's like both the peace and the body. I don't know how to describe it. I, I feel peaceful, and at the same time, I can observe the heartbeat. Vivi, you have anything? Any silence for us? No, I'm just loving this. <laughs> uh, it uh, generates so much uh, um, just this warmth in this uh, meeting that we just had this moment of silence. So thank you for initiating it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. All right. <clears throat> Oh, it's great. Nice to see you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Come back. Come back and see us. I will. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Hugs from, from wherever I am to wherever you are. <laughs> I'm in UK. I come from Poland, but I'm in the UK. Oh, okay. And thank you for um, Mark, um, Matt Garrett. I had a few conversations with him maybe a year ago and i think that they helped me good thank you very good yeah you're welcome okay okay um andres can you hear me yes sir yeah that's good um, I've been following you for a while, Angelo. I'm really grateful of all you share, and I'm really grateful for the product, productivity that you have. 
you are uh, really uh, creating some content that's really useful for me. Good. So I've been I've been a seeker. You can see I, I've been a seeker for a long time, and I've been listening to Adyashanti and Rupert Spira, and I'm trying to focus on what you are teaching at the moment. And I, and and there's uh, there it, it's it's good to get some content to. Uh, it's for me it has been helpful and not so helpful to have some understanding but um, what i'm trying to see now is that awakening is not something that i, I will ever find outside myself and so so and 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 seeking has often been looking for somebody else's experience and and simply by watching and looking at my at my own experience, for example, the judgment. Uh, several years ago, I found out that judgment happened automatically in my life. It just came, it was just thoughts that were repetitive, and it was it was and they were repetitive because I, I also judged those thoughts, and then I judged. It was circular, and it seems to me that it, it's also something that you call fixation. And something that I find, it's like almost the mind always tries to create a position. I call it position. It's, it's like my mind, when I sit there and I lose all position and only silence is left, it seems like the mind is always trying to recreate the position in several ways. And that's why I, I, I found it very helpful to just to see that instead of trying, because trying is, is a filter, it's, it's uh, just just look, just listen, just feel. And there are no, there's no certain way that things have to be. Hmm. And then I have had some of those experiences that you also talk about, about zero distance. And here with me, it feels like when I look at something and I will, when I listen to something, that something, it can be far away, but it's here at the same time. Mm -hmm. and there's no division between it and it's completely natural so i can feel what i look at and i can feel what i listen to on a on a deeper level if you can see that and and i move in and out of that but when i pay attention it's here and it's always here and then the question comes then how how can you? It, it feel almost feels like you can't know that you ha have awakened, or how could you know? Because this, because it, it, this feels like you turn every stone and and you and you found out I don't know anything. So you see some pattern, and when you've seen it enough enough times, the pattern kind of like disappears, and you don't believe that anymore. And it feels like this is a process of turning every stone in your life. Until, yeah, you're, you're probably never done, but, but, but how, my question is, how do you know when you're awakened? So 95% um, of what you said to me sounds very good. Like you're, you're very hot, like your heart is attuned the right way. Your, your attention, your, your noticing of anything that's arising, anything that's happening, um, is pretty clear. It sounds like, and you're even having non-dual experiences. All of that is very clear to me. The concern about what, like waiting for something called awakening or when there's an awakening or how to label my experience as awakening or not awakening. 
I know this is like the last thing you want to hear, but I'd say, just forget about it. You don't need mm -hmm. to worry about that at this level for you. Um, you know, you're, you're, well, maybe I would say it this way, how much work you've already done. Maybe, maybe it happened. Maybe you did have a shift back in identity. I've, I've talked to people where it happened five years ago and they kind of, they didn't overlook it at the time, but in retrospect, it's kind of hard for them to put, to put that together. And then when I talk to them, it's obvious, but, but it doesn't really matter because the work you've done so far, you've been at this for a while. You're like I said, your heart is very oriented to it. Your attention, your, your, your effort is here. And that's great. Um, th the process has a momentum to it. It's already going, it's already unbind. The unbinding process is happening. You couldn't stop it if you wanted to. So, so to worry about how far am I along, et cetera, et cetera, right now in what you're describing, I don't think is necessary. Um, specifically as far as have I had a first awakening or have I had an awakening yet? Um, you can ask yourself, you know, if you just sit quietly, is there a sense of I, or is there a sense of self? Do I, do I think I'm actually going to find a self here? Um, mm. like a distinct separate self, you know, you're not. Mm. Yeah. I so know I'm not going to find it. You're beyond that then. Okay, good. Mm. So yeah. Um, you know, you could, you could, there's different things you can do. You can go along like the fetters path and like work on reactivity. Maybe you already worked on reactivity. Maybe there isn't reactivity. Um, you can just very gently and in, through, through the enjoyment of doing it, work in the, in the visual field with the non-dual. Um, like I have a bunch, I have a whole playlist on non-duality and it's not seeking. It's just contemplating in a very precise way, the nature of vivid sense phenomenon. That's all it is that can clarify the non-dual aspect, but also that is actually a spontaneous act because as you mentioned, very obviously it's right there. When, when I look and see, when I listen, I hear the, the sound of the birds. It's, it's, it's here. Like it's, it's in here. I was just noticing this on my back porch. The birds were coming by and the dog was noticing the birds. Um, they're like, uh, geese. And it was so funny. Cause it's just like my body's doing it. You know, my body's making the geese sound the honking, you know, mm. and the dog and the body and the geese are all like intertwined. Um, that's how it is. And it's, it's enjoyable just to experience that there's nothing to contemplate. It, it takes itself deeper. It deepens itself. And it's, it just, the richness of it, um, is its own reward. And, and you, you seem like you're already kind of really aligned with that. So that's what I would say for you is, is that's it. Just keep, just keep doing what you're doing and not doing what you're not doing and relaxing into it. Mm. Can I ask you one more thing? Because one of the things that I have found really helpful is like the appreciation in seeing is in the seeing. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Uh, because when I say that to somebody, it, tells, it seems like nonsense to them, but it's, that seems really clear. So when I see something, it's like, it it, it kind of like works as a prayer to see something. Yeah. If you, a, a gratitude. Absolutely. A gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I'll, I'll point out, I'm glad you said this. You'll never be able to explain this to people. Most, most of the people you encounter and to talk about it is it, it's okay. It's just kind of um, sometimes useless. And sometimes it's yeah. worse than useless because people think you're a little weird. Um, but yeah. I will also say the very fact that you even bring that up, it's always good to look a little bit and see, do I still want, why, why do I need validation for this? Like, do I need anyone yeah. to understand this at all? No, because the seeing is the seeing. The seeing is the gratitude. Yeah. The seeing yeah. is everything. It's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. When you see that, when you see what's actually there, you could stare at that the rest of your life and it's fulfilling because it's everything yeah. already. You know, it's that enjoyable. And that's why my sense of you is 
you're you're in a very good place with it. Just really enjoy this. Enjoy this this gift of of knowing that there's not a a self between this and that. The and there so there isn't a this and a that. There's just yeah. the the scene. And the scene is more than enough, you know. Thank you. Sure. I'm sure Vivi will have something to say as well. Yeah, thank you. That was beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's a beautiful place to be. And I definitely would agree that just dropping all the ideas about what awakening is, it's just hugely beneficial because those are like some of the biggest barriers. And like, I think it's more, more useful to orient towards truth, uh, for example, or silence or whatever it is that kind of calls, calls us that is like genuinely like interesting and fascinating for us to, so, so forget about awakening, but just get really curious about the silence, like the non-relative silence, like how it's vibrating as all the sound and, uh, really listen to that. And, uh, contemplate that and inquire into that and ask that right because it's not something is 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 what it's your true nature right <clears throat> or or with the seeing seeing the same so i think uh mukti who's the wife of adia has the beautiful story of her awakening her awakening how she was just um inquiring into the stillness and it was just completely like it absorbed her fully. And it was that inquiry into stillness that uh, was was the actual awakening for her. Like, so mm. reading that story could also be inspiring for you. I, I read that story. I think it's actually beautiful because she, she didn't know that she had, awake, had an awakening. And when somebody greeted her the next day, she found it really funny because she didn't know who the person was greeting. And yeah, I found I that so we're beautiful. saying that only at that yeah. moment the awareness of the awakening yeah. suddenly kicked in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a beautiful story. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, thank you so much. All right, let's go to. Um, is I think Ray is next. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. How's it going? Good, um, man. I like your background. <laughs> I'm at work right now. I don't want it to be seen. Yeah. Um, I'm really stuck in the mind right now trying to figure out um, like what's going on with me. But I don't really, can't really uh, find anything. It just kind of feels like uh, I'm not doing something right. Like, I feel a lot of uh, apathy right now. Like, I have an answer for everything, and everything doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, that's pretty much... I don't... I, it Like, <clears throat> the sense of compassion that I had, like, a month ago, gone. It's like, I don't... Nothing. But I still care, like... <laughs> still care like somehow i just don't feel that same stuff that was made maybe might have been charged with like uh guilt or 
something like that. I'm not sure. But I don't really, uh, yeah, I don't really know. I guess there's a nervousness too. <laughs> there's a nervousness too that's kind of clouding. Uh, yeah. Vivi, do you have anything? No, you go ahead. Sure. So, um, I mean, what, what you said at the beginning, I can relate to very, very directly um, from when I was younger. Um, the feeling of just, yeah, I know the answers. I can, I can kind of play along, but um, something about me is not right. I thought it was about me, um, but I knew something wasn't right. I knew something was off. Something was for me, deeply unsatisfying. Unsatisfying is to put it mildly. Um, so I know it's a really uncomfortable place and a strange place in a way to find yourself and a hard place. Like, it's like the last thing you want to relate to anybody, right? You're going to talk about it here, which is wonderful, but it's, you know, how do you talk to your friends and family about something like that? Because you kind of know, at least I did, I knew they didn't get it. They, they I can yeah. almost sense that they were avoiding me avoiding seeing what I knew, you know, in a way I could sense yeah. that. So I was like, what, what am I, you know, who am I going to talk to about this? Right. And so it, there's no loneliness to it. There's an aloneness and, and a kind of helplessness. Um, but at the same time, it's music to my ears because that is the fuel that, that makes this process go. It's so uncomfortable to be in it, but it has to be uncomfortable in a way or else we wouldn't wake up and, you know, if we were comfortable with the way humans act, think about themselves, treat each other, then what, what's the point in waking up? It's too radical of a shift. But when we're really uncomfortable, it starts to actually look pretty enticing to go beyond and see. And, and what we have to go beyond is our own self-imposed limitation that's thought completely thought-based. And it, and right. some of it is has to do with intelligence. Like I, I, you're a smart guy. You're an intelligent guy, obviously. You have a sharp mind and that's how I was too. And that can benefit you, but it can also be a big barrier because we're afraid yeah. to let that go. You don't want to let that go because that's, that's your, been your protection, but there's something so much more powerful beyond it is all I can tell you. You just have to like, find a way to get through that loophole. <laughs> there's a, there's an easy yeah. way. It's yeah. a letting go, yeah. <laughs> but you, you have to intuit it and you have to trust it that it's just so infinitely beyond you. It's so the intelligence of it is just beyond the human scope of intelligence. And it's what you want. It's where you want to go. It's where your heart is telling you to go. It's where your instinct is pointing you and you're going to go there. I already know that's that there's, it's a done deal, but I know it's really uncomfortable right now. So I could tell you a technique or we could talk about self-inquiry or one pointed approach, but it, it the technique doesn't matter for you. The, the orientation to your own truth that's 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 not yours but goes beyond you but you have to find it inwardly and then it goes beyond the limitations of self of you um that's where you want to go and that's where you're gonna go yeah i think i i um you know i i skate and i rock climb mm. and i find a lot of my a lot of like lessons like non-thinking lessons yeah in doing those two things um because they're pretty extreme and there's a lot of uh like dissolving of fear like every day mm -hmm. and 
I, I mean, I kind of know I'm already like doing what I need to do. And yeah. I guess I came on here because I'm like kind of scared to talk in front of people. There's like 78 people on here. <laughs> and it's kind of nerve wracking. Um, I, I, I think I'm always trying to find something that I should do. Uh, even because there's a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, but there's an equal amount of like happiness. Yeah. And it kind of sucks sometimes, but then, you know, yeah. It's like you say, it's just a thought. Like it's just a thought. Like this sucks. It's just a thought versus yeah. just experiencing it. And I think that's kind of where I'm stuck. I'm not like going full into the pain, the suffering part. Yeah. I want to tell you a few things. I want to tell you a few things based on what you just said, because I I don't want to forget. So one of them is when you said, I always feel like I have to do something. I know what you mean by that. Here's the beauty. The thing I'm pointing to, everything I said before about going where your intuition takes you, that which is completely beyond you. That's the only thing that you don't have to actually do something for. You have to stop. You have to completely stop at some point. And you'll know what you'll know what that feels like. So, so the, the beauty of this is it's not something you actually do. All of that doing is based on a misconception that you have to try to do something to fix something about yourself, about the world, about life. That's one thing I want to say based on what you just said. The other thing I want to say is with the, with the extreme stuff, rock climbing, all that, um, it's fascinating to me. Like I've, I've read people who are free climbers and stuff talk about that experience of when you have to stay so focused because it's such a, you know, the, the risks are very high. You have to focus on everything you do, every place you put your hand and foot and their mind gets very calm and it becomes like almost addictive. And, and it's true. And I, I think it's really cool, but I almost feel sorry for some of the ones that are like, they end up getting themselves killed because I want to tell them like, it's, it's actually available in non-extreme situations. It is kind of an extreme situation yeah. to penetrate identity, but it's available for you without being on the rock wall. It's not, it's great to go on, to do all that stuff. It's awesome. But those are just tastes. I'm showing you a place that you can walk through a gate and you don't walk back through it. And you have that right. capacity and and you can do this. And you, I, I want to see you do it, you know, um, for yourself and for everybody around you. It's it, it's the ultimate extreme sport. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I like that. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah. And that's, that's why I, that's my main, um, I guess, motivation is really for my family i mean yes yeah, for me but you know really is for my family it's for everyone it's for my let my healing our family tree and all that kind of stuff yeah you're a heart-based guy that's awesome you know and that that's a that big heart um is is a man it's a huge benefit in the in the whole scope of the awakening process it really really is um because you can get through the first part of this without that big heart. Like you, you, you don't have to be selfless to go to wake up. You have to, you have to be in a sense selfish. You have to really stop for a minute and go, wait a minute, why am I making myself suffer and stop doing it? So that big heart is really beneficial, especially in the, in the grand scope and the long run and so forth. But, it, but initially it's really important just to see like, yes, that's true. You do care about your family. I know you do. And I know you care about the, the greater family. I know you care a lot. Um, at the same time, you have to, you have to really look at your own suffering and, and you know that, and you said that that's, that's where the magic is, is just diving right into that and going, what is that about? Why, you know, what, how, how, how am I making myself suffer? Like, what is it with these thoughts? You know, 
what what am I taking myself right. to be? It's all the same question. It's all a matter of identity. And but it but it it's structured in thought actually initially. So you're in you're in a good you're in the ballpark, man, for sure. And and uh I love the way you express like just the whole thing, you know. Um it's gonna be really interesting to see how this unfolds for you. Yeah, it to me it's it's like everything is everything I'm doing now is sort of TRE. Mm -hmm. Um even the uploading videos on YouTube is like the scariest thing I did the first time I did it. And it's just kind of, I don't know. Everyone around me tells me saying that like, oh, you, you're doing well, you, you know, all this and that, all these uh, objective stuff. But yeah, like I said, there's something inside, like I'm, I'm, I'm resisting a lot and I can feel it. I could tell, mm -hmm. but I'm too afraid to let go of that resistance maybe but i <laughs> you say, i'm too afraid to let go of that resistance maybe maybe, maybe you're okay. not okay. <laughs> and you don't have to let go it's not even a matter of letting go so much it's a matter of going right into the just just getting so curious about what it is what am i what is that center that what's that kernel that i might be avoiding what is the center of that fear what is actually there because we have this fear of looking inward in a certain way you know sometimes we could call it shame there's something that says don't look here but why like maybe we can look there. Maybe we can go directly into it and just get curious, you know, trust that there's nowhere you can't go. There's nowhere you can't explore. Um, if I could use the voice of unconditional love, it would say, show me where the pain is. I want to go right into the center of it right now. That's what it does. That's what it does. It's not afraid of anything and it will go everywhere it needs to go to illuminate everything. And you have that capacity, you know, and you're feeling your way into it. And that's great. Cool. Appreciate that. Sure, man. Appreciate you. Um, Vivi might have some stuff to say. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks for all those, uh, uh, yeah, reflections. And uh, um, yeah, it's so fascinating that there is that kind of uh, uh, voidness at the in the center of of the psychological self and processes and then when we are getting closer and closer into it the resistance kind of grows and we notice that and it feels very weird because uh for the person because the person kind of senses that it's about to uh enter into that place where it's uh, not going to exist anymore <laughs> and uh, and um yeah it's it's like a natural process and there is the inner inner pull to to enter there uh but but it is a journey and it's so unique for everyone how how it happens uh but uh um yeah that which is pulling pulling you in there is what you actually are so that voidness that mm. clarity is actually what you are and uh so just uh yeah just want felt to felt to tell you that and i'm sure you already like know that but um to get that experientially that recognition it's uh it's very fulfilling and uh, yeah because the psychological self never really feels fulfilling even if it's very healthy and there is some amount of happiness in the life it it it, it kind of always feels that something is is not quite right having that as the center of the experience because it's such a artificial construct 
So when we arrive, that which is the real center, which is kind of like everywhere and nowhere simultaneously, it, it's such a deep letting go. And it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's what we are longing for, <laughs> all of us. Yeah. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. I think you're right. I think I have experienced. Um, uh, I I really lean towards um. Uh, weird things. I, I don't know how else to say it. Just weird stuff, and um, <laughs> things that people don't like, things that people don't do, and that's where uh, like my curiosity is, and it, it always brings me somewhere where I. I find real happiness. Thank you so much, Ray. Thanks.